0: This is Coffee with Karina, and here's your host, Karina Michelle.
1: Today, Wally Winger joins me on the show. He is a lot of fun. I've known him for about 18 years, I think. He hired me to be on a pilot where I played Kimba Weatherwax and uh, we had an 80s band on the show. It was pretty awesome. And he's just a wealth of information. He's been working in the industry a long time. He's worked on a lot of big movies and TV shows, and he's sharing all of that with us in this episode. So take a listen and let me know what you think. Again, this is voice actor Wally Wingert. Hello.
0: Hey, 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 hey.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: uh pretty good how are you
1: i'm good it's so good to hear your voice it's been like how many years it's been a while
0: (laughs) it's been forever really Um, Yeah, long 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 time but you know know. you you, you're in florida
1: i'm in florida i'm a mom
0: gotta stay focused you know because i've seen it happen to a lot of people who move here yeah Um, they get distracted by all the glittery things, and then they. It's
1: so true. It's so true.
0: They, yeah, forget while they came. So anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, no, good. it's it's easy to do in LA. I mean, that's one good thing about not being in LA, I guess. And you can still, you know, pursue it now because it used to be back in the day like you had to go to auditions in Hollywood or in yep. LA. Yeah. You know, now you can do all that stuff, I guess. By. uh
0: And they can yeah online. film anywhere now. There's there's studios all over the country, mm-hmm. so they uh, you exactly. don't necessarily have to be here. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I just like the weather here, so darn. Much. <laughs> I I like, it. I like it hot and dry. I
1: know <laughs> the I humidity like here. Oh, I'm still not used to it. Every yeah. summer, I'm like, oh, I just try and get out of here. You yeah. know, try and go to LA.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I I love Palm Springs. I you know it's hot there, yeah. but I love it hot. And when it's 105, I don't really care. I, I don't like the 120, but. Um, I I, I could never live in a humid area again I just so which rules out South Dakota which rules out Florida which rules out Mm -hmm. you know living pretty much anywhere else that's not the desert
1: yeah that's where you're from right originally you're from South Dakota
0: yeah yeah so uh
1: yeah yeah. tell me about I'd love to hear how you got started because I know you got started pretty young right
0: Well, yeah. Growing up in South Dakota as a, as a creative uh, person is rather tough because there's no community for that sort of thing there. So, uh, you know, I was ridiculed and beat up and made fun of and Mm. bullied all all over the place when I was a kid, because I was dressing up in costumes when it wasn't Halloween (laughs) (laughs) because I liked, you know, I liked doing characters and I liked, you know, playing vampires and Frankenstein and all different things. But, you know, I, I, I realized as a kid that I needed to get out of there and someday I was going to, and, it took me 25 years, but I finally did it and uh have been here ever since. So I've been here golly close to 30 some odd years now, 35, 36, wow. like,
1: Wow. And you've done you've done so many things. I was looking at your IMDB and I was like, wow, this is it's extensive, is the only word I could <laughs> think of. Like you've done I so that. many. And I was trying to like, you know like see everything, but I couldn't, I was like, ah, I can't get everything in. So <laughs> what's your secret to like your success or what do you think, like what made you stand out? I mean, obviously you have a great voice and you've done so many voices and so many characters and stuff, but what is it that you think really, you know, makes you stand out?
0: Uh, Stick to itiveness. Uh, I just mm-hmm. stuck with it. There's so many people that that do it. And then like I had mentioned before, they get distracted with uh, shiny objects Mm -hmm. And they don't, they don't stay the course and they don't stay focused on why they're here. And I always knew, I said, well, I just did not ever accept failure as an option. I always said, Mm -hmm. I I am doing this and I'm not moving anywhere else. uh, As, as, you know, with my tail between my legs, I'm going to do this or die trying. And uh, just, just made it, made it happen uh, through the grace of God and a lot of other great things. Um, I, I built a pretty good career and a pretty good life and I can look back on it now with pride and say, yeah, I guess, you know, leaving everything I knew in South Dakota at the age of 25 was probably a good sacrifice. It all works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How about like habits? Are there anything, is there anything, you know, that you do like, you know, daily, weekly or whatever that you think really helped you to, to get where you are?
0: Well, I think uh, the habit of not having habits (laughs) was
1: Ah, bad
0: habits (laughs) Uh, because I've met so many people who come here and I want to help them. Mm-hmm. But they get distracted with oh parties, oh drugs, yeah. oh booze, oh this, oh that, mm-hmm. oh vacations, oh this, oh you know. Because in LA, it's like I said, there's a lot of stuff to do here, and you really have to stay focused. I told one um, friend of mine who was the daughter of a friend who used to work for me back in the Midwest. She wanted to come out here at the age of eighteen and be a singer songwriter, and but she came out here and got completely distracted with boys, mm-hmm. completely distracted with all the you know the lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, she didn't get into any um, unhealthy habits, uh, other than just she lost her stick to itness. She lost her drive, and she all of a sudden wanted to have a family. And I Mm -hmm. said, "Well, it's it's tough to have both when you're starting out. You can't serve two masters, really. Yeah, you have to either serve you know your entertainment gene." Or you have to serve your family, Gene, because it's it's kind of tough. Well, mm-hmm. this this celebrity has a family. I'm like, well, they they got their family after they became a celebrity.
1: Right, exactly. Not you have to wait up the
0: So there are certain yeah. sacrifices that need to be made. So my habit was just uh, diligence and stick to and drive. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. refused to take no for an answer. And a lot of people forget that. And I told her initially when she came out here, I said, you have to be a freaking Jedi you yeah. have to be of sound mind, spirit. You have to be psychologically strong, physically strong, mentally strong, spiritually strong. You have to be, um, you know, basically, a weightlifter, figuratively speaking, in every sense of the word. You can't come out with a weak spirit or a weak mm-hmm. attitude or a weak anything because it will eat you alive. Yeah. So I, I just agree. Uh, put on a good attitude and made a lot of friends and got to know a lot of people uh, along the way, and and they kind of were right when they said, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but you do have to be a good actor to do mm-hmm. this. And that's what a lot of people forget in voiceover. They just think it's all about having a good voice. Right, and, right. And it kind of is, but you've got to have something behind it. It's like my old mm. pal, Bob always says to his his voiceover students, uh, people come to me and say, I should be in voiceover because I have a good voice. And I tell mm. them, oh, I have a really nice pencil. Should I be a writer? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really nice, uh, pen. Should I be an artist?
1: <laughs> yes. Have have no, it's so true.
0: Right. You have to have something to yeah. go behind it. And, uh, so it's, it's a combination of all those things, talent, stick-to-itiveness, drive, and you've just got to be ready for anything. I had, uh, a friend of mine that I've known for, for many, many years that I offered, uh, a, a, a gig to where I needed a song written for this project that I'm currently doing. And, and I wanted to throw him the cash and, uh, he wanted to do it. Like he normally does it where he, he wanted to basically give me a seven course gourmet meal when all I needed was a Big Mac.
1: Mm, uh-huh. <laughs> all
0: I needed was a, a quick music demo right? to to do something. And, but he wanted to, you know, because of his training, mm. he wanted to do, you know, the sheet music, work it all out, blah, 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 and, you know, build everything. And I said, I just, I just don't need that much. And I thank you for that. And, I, he was just simply overqualified for it because he was so well-trained that he couldn't be flexible enough just to do something quick and dirty.
1: Yeah, and I, I know I was, what you're saying. Yeah, And so. a lot of times it's just easier to keep it simple, right? I always say that, like the more you just keep things simple sometimes. Well,
0: it's Occam's it's Occam's razor, if you know yeah. what that is. Occam's razor uh, says that uh, the, the simplest explanation, and I say the simplest method of doing something, is usually the best way. And uh, I kind of have started to live by that, especially during the past couple of years. Where not, let's, uh, we always used to say in radio, kiss, baby, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. keep it simple, stupid. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know that. I worked in radio a little bit. Yeah, I know it's
0: right. true. We, we had a lot of those sayings, as you well know, in, in your radio days that, uh, you know, they used to give you, your program director would give you these little dictates. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I went to so I said all right, well he he doesn't understand the demo mentality of what we do here in Los Angeles because you know I sing demos, other voiceover actors have sung demos, and you know the music is just kind of bare bones. They just want to get the idea across if they're pitching a song to you know Disney or whomever. Right. It just has to be a few instruments just to give them the idea. Then the lush orchestration and the sheet music that comes later. The song has sold, and and they said, yeah, let's do it. But uh so I just went to a friend of mine who is a rock guitarist legend that I've known for many years and have sung for many years, and I said, hey, please help bang this thing out in a couple of days and uh it awesome. sounds beautiful. And uh, but it's it's just the mentality. So you have to really, really be flexible to be successful here because they, you know, sometimes will make these pretty strange requests of you and mm-hmm. you have to say, Yeah, I can learn how to do that. Oh, you have to record at home with this. Oh, yeah, I can. can. Right,
1: or just say you do, right?
0: (laughs) Well, you're going to have to deliver eventually.
1: Um, <laughs> they always would tell us that. I remember, like, agents, right. they're like, you know, if they ask if you, whatever, ice skate or just say yes, you know, and then you figure it out when you get there. Uh-huh. And I remember, like, thinking, hmm, okay, all right, but.
0: That's that's gotten so many people in trouble. That I it know. has. When they say they, oh, yeah, I, I can ride a Bucking <laughs> Bronco, oh, yeah, when exactly. they barely drive a car, you know. Yeah, and I was never they, too they sure about it. They can drive their Prius well, you know, all of a sudden they're, <laughs> what, a, what a, and then they get cast, and well, walk out. You said you've ridden a motorcycle <laughs> in <like, on> Bucking Bronco. <laughs> oh, well. I know. Uh, not really. My uh, my friend uh, Sarah, who's um, working on a lot of shows now, uh, was working on the Mandalorian Is working on the Mandalorian as a creature person, where because she's not claustrophobic, afraid of prosthetics, and she's not afraid of being locked in a mask for four hours, two little peepholes to see out. Hey. Well, apparently a girl who was cast before her said, Oh, I have no problem with prosthetics or masks. I'm, I'm good. I'm not claustrophobic. Yeah. Showed up on the set. They put the mask on her and lasted about a half an hour and said, I can't no do this. Way. I can't do this. I got to go. I gotta go.
1: <gasps> Really? And yeah. it's yeah, not so, fun with all that. Yeah.
0: Right. So, but, mm. but Sarah had no problem with it. So she's, mm. you know, booked three, four days on Mandalorian doing, doing creature work. And, you know, they said, Oh, do you care about wearing, you know, silicone hands? Nah, put them on. <laughs> so, uh, she, so she said they'll blow a fan through the nostrils, you know, to, to cool her face off. Are she, you serious? Oh, yeah. Well, they have to through the little, uh, through the the mask that they have to wear. Wow. So, you know, some people can do it and some people can't. But this this girl figured she could fake it, you know, until she make it. You know, fake it till you make it, as they always say.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. She
0: She figured she could fake it. But then the push came to shove and they were. They called her to do it, and she, she couldn't do it. And as a result, my friend Sarah got all the work. So, uh,
1: Well,
0: that's kind of good you, for Sarah, I guess. Yeah, well, good for Sarah. Yeah, she's busy, <laughs> busy, busy, busy. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just kind of where you have to be flexible enough to where you can do it. For example, they'll say, well, you have to be on something called Source Connect, uh, mm. where you're doing a session from your home studio to this other studio, but they want you to record from your home as well to give them a backup recording. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I, I can't do that. The way my computer works, if you're on a Windows system, is it wrestles for control of your mic. You can either do one mm-hmm. or the other. Now Zoom, luckily, if you, it gives you the option to click off mm-hmm. uh, control of the mic, but you you can't do right. that if you're you're needed to record locally and broadcast your mic to down to Source connected. It needs to split the split the feed, and mm-hmm. it's not designed to do that. So, but I I exhaustively researched it. And I called every tech guy I knew and said, Is there any way I can do this? I didn't just say, Yeah, I can, I'm sure I can do it and then showed up and, you know, I'm not able to do it. So I, I called everyone. They say, Well, you got a Windows system, it's just not built that way. If you had an Apple system, a Mac system, it would be completely different uh, setup. So I said, "Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not switching at this point." No,
1: <laughs> you
0: know, at least I tried to be flexible and say, "Well, here's what I'm going to do." So right. as a result, if they have to do that again, I'm going to go to a small studio with a Mac setup and pay them money just to be able to do it to to be ta-da flexible. So mm-hmm.
1: uh, <laughs> no, it's true. It's it's always good to be flexible. What what's like the f- favorite job that you've ever done? Because there's so many. There's I know you're a big Batman fan because I remember just a collector in general, right? Because I remember your place and you have so much cool stuff in there. Is that kind of linked to like your favorite, you know, parts that you've played or?
0: Oh, I've got lots more cool stuff.
1: Have you? <laughs> <I think>. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: Next time you're in LA, I got to come over and take the new tour. Because
1: I would love that. My kids would love it too.
0: I've got Exactly. I've got so much stuff now that I barely, uh, I, I'm planning out a new art piece right now involving some old 45 records from uh, my early days in radio and I wanted to kind of put some of them up there just so I could look at them and go, ah, yeah. Oh, and I don't cool. have one sh- single square inch of available wall space to put, yeah. to hang this. So I'm literally <laughs> going to have to take something down and
1: oh, no.
0: put that up, yeah. What
1: are you going um, uh, to take down? I am I don't
0: know yet. I have, I've got to figure Big decision. out to the piece first and then I can figure, yeah. out, well, that's about the right size. I think I'm going to take that down. But, yeah. you know, I'll put stuff in storage or I'll give it away or whatever. But yeah, the, the favorite job of all Uh, my life is a pie uh, cut into many different pieces and I have one section of one slice of pie that uh, loves Batman. I have one slice Mm -hmm. of pie that loves Andy Kaufman. I have one slice of pie that loves this. I have one slice of pie. So I have, um, (laughs) I used to uh, equate it to you know, the the females that I knew in my life, I'm like, well, I hang out with this girl because she's really into Phantom of the Opera. I hang out with this girl because she's really into Elvis. I hang out with this yep. girl because she's really into Anticompter. I hang out with this girl because she's really into whatever, whatever. So they each kind of pe- helped me pique a different part of my interest. Yeah. So it's, um, it's tough. Uh, my favorite uh, job of all time probably was uh being the announcer on the tonight show for four and a half years with Jay Leno.
1: Yes. And I never um, knew that. I just saw that. And I'm like, what? Why did I never know this?
0: <laughs> well then I guess I'm doing my job because when uh somebody hears you on something or yeah um, you know and they can't identify that it's you, I guess you're you're doing your job correctly.
1: Yeah, and I, I love I also, the Tonight Show.
0: Yeah, it was it was a great uh experience. Jay is terrific, one of the best human beings I've ever met. Hmm. most Uh, Caring as for his fellow man, it's really kind of amazing. Um, But as a Batman fan since I was the age of five, working as uh, the Riddler and King Tut on the animated films that were the two last films that Adam West did before he passed away, and I had known Adam for probably thirty-seven years up to that point. Um, Adam was the one, one of the people who encouraged me actually to move to Los Angeles when I was back in South Dakota back in 1980. Oh wow! Wally, you've got to move to Los Angeles. (laughs) try and become an actor and i think you're very talented and he, he always said that uh you know he always kind of took credit for that because uh you know in a film that his son-in-law uh, put together called uh, starring adam west which is a great yeah. documentary yeah uh he said uh when i first met wally in a little village in south dakota <laughs> I told him, you know, <laughs> a little village awesome. in South Dakota. <laughs> a little village, yeah. <laughs> it was so hilarious. So, uh, yeah, getting getting to be in Adam West's uh, final two films was a favorite job. Working on the Garfield show as John Arbuckle, a very iconic character like that, the owner of Garfield was oh, one yeah. of my favorite jobs. Doing the Riddler and the Arkham, uh, Batman Arkham video game series, where I got mm. to be the Riddler, but I got to be my own version of the Riddler, not having to sound like any previous Riddlers. And oh. I got to create it kind of from ground up. Uh, so I've had a lot of favorites. It's uh, it's tough uh, getting to play Ant Man uh, in the Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes series was great because, you know, I always was as a kid into comic books. On a snowy day in South Dakota, sitting around reading my comic books, uh, mm-hmm. dreaming of someday I'd like to be a, you know, some kind of superhero. Ant Man wasn't exactly who I dreamed of being when I was a kid, however, but yeah. I was happy to take the <laughs> job because uh, I just don't have one of those voices. To, you know, <laughs> To be Batman or to be uh, you know yeah. Thor or any of those guys, but I was you know looking at the uh, at the, what's what's called enacting the character arc of, yeah. of the character mm-hmm. and knowing what I knew about comics going into it because in the seventies I, I had my own comic book my my own rotating comic book rack filled with comics when I was a kid, so knowing what I knew about uh, the characters in the Avengers, I said well. Of all of them, Ant-Man is probably the coolest one doing the Hank Pym Ant-Man, not the, not the new Scott Lang Ant-Man. Because, you know, Thor is pretty much Thor. Hulk is pretty much Hulk. Captain America, we all know what he is. They're all kind of flat line characters. There's not a lot of peaks and valleys in these characters. Mm-hmm. That's what was so great about Iron Man, uh, that he did have a lot of peaks and valleys. He was a complete jackwad, but mm-hmm. boy, he was a superhero and he was a genius. He could do all this great stuff. Right. So I knew that of all the of characters in the Avengers that Ant-Man had the greatest character arc. He started off as a peace loving scientist who created this stuff to help mankind. And he created the, the Pym particles that you, could make you shrink and then later make you enlarge in size. And then his superhero buddies talked him into putting on a costume and going to fight crime with him for the benefit of mankind. And he kind of did it reluctantly. And then he did it so much that he's like, I just can't do this. And then he creates this thing called Ultron for the benefit of mankind. But it ends up, you know, turning against man and he ends up uh, faking his own death and then comes back as this other personality. I'm like, wow. good, great. <laughs>
1: it's, a great character. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a fun one to play. I'm
0: so it's a lot of lot of favorite jobs. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. How about uh, Family Guy? You've played so uh, many on there, right?
0: I have, yeah. And working with Seth during the early days was really oh, yeah. fantastic because uh, I got in on v- virtually the first or second episode wow. where he was just this kid named Seth. And uh, he wasn't even directing the episodes. He was just the creator of this episode. And I, uh, at the time, I was really into Beavis and Butthead. It was toward the end of the uh, um, the 90s. Uh, yeah. Hey, Beavis. Uh, hey, check it out. Hey, check out Karina. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's hot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I realized that, um, you know, knowing what I knew about Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, and what a genius he was. Yeah, and I saw a lot of that in Seth MacFarlane at the age of I don't know twenty three or whatever yeah, he was awesome. when when I first met him, and uh, I said this guy is like the new Mike Judge. He's really keep an eye on him. He's he's very sharp. And then you know, of course, my prediction came true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, th- those are pretty good. I didn't have ever have any regular character recurring characters in Family Guy. Uh, really, like like I did on uh, no, I would do uh, character voices. I do. Mm-hmm. two or three characters for this episode two different Got characters, it. but it was a okay. lot it was a lot of fun being kind of the utility player yeah i could do um mr rogers hello neighbor i'm glad we're together again how <laughs> to are you today oh here comes trolley you know and, oh my uh, god
1: that's kind of creepy that one i kind of like yeah it, it's yeah. Kind of-
0: <laughs> yeah well you know
1: you know it's mr rogers right <laughs> so- Yeah,
0: you know, exactly so it kind of kind of goes with the territory you know it does it's like drug
1: so what did you say? What did you say on Jay Leno? I'm um, curious. Can you, can you oh, give us a,
0: well, uh, once they found out that I was on family guy and was a comedic voice actor, uh, mm-hmm. they started using me for a lot of the comedy bits. Cause they were doing what's called drops, you know, yeah. in a, uh, in a show they do, you know, the, the monologue and then mm-hmm. the second act would be, you know, uh, headlines or a lot of other things. But they would do, in, in the monologue, they would do drops. They would do fake news stories that they would rewrite to be funny. Yeah, I
1: remember using, that.
0: Using actual footage, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'd, they would have me imitate these newscasters or, or whomever <laughs> and, fun. and do these comedy bits that I would mostly do at home earlier in the day and send in via email. But at 3.30 mm-hmm. every day, I was on the set in, uh, at NBC in Burbank. And doing the the opening announced live. So it was, it's the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. No
1: why? That's yeah. amazing.
0: And I was always doing That's it uh, live, live, live. You know, I would, I would be, it was <gasps> exciting because I'm in my little booth and I got my little microphone switch that I can depress with my thumb. I hold it in and, you know, I'm on and I depress it and I'm off and I press it and I'm on. And it's a little thing that you hold. And uh, they... You know they have the gra- the opening graphic with whatever's going on, and then they have the words come up on the the supers, and then you have to time your read to to with those with those supers as they come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't they don't time the supers to you. you oh really? Time yourself to and mm-hmm. apparently uh, a lot of the announcers that they had tried out before had a, a difficulty working out that timing where they mm-hmm. couldn't read. Well, we call it reading to picture. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they 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 weren't able to chase it and keep the timing down, but. I would just need to see it once and just kind of get the, the rhythm and the timing of how the things worked out and go, okay, there's a little more space there. Give that about a half a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give that a third of a second, take a breath and just wait, Bah blah, blah. And um, during the audition, <laughs> I, I went in cause that's how I'm trained to read the picture during my promo years at PAX TV from 2000 to 2003. That's all I did was read the picture um, where they have a promo and they have an opening for where you come in, and then they have an SOT, which is sound on tape, uh-huh. in the old days, and then they'd have an, a clip from the show, and then they'd have an opening for you, and then they have another SOT. So uh, your, you know, a promo would be basically just this, the thing like it would be like a donut where they'd have all this holes, yeah. in it, and all it needed was your voice, and you'd come in, and they go beep beep beep, and you go tonight on PAX TV and then the clip would come on you stupid idiot. How could you have done this? A father and his son find peace. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then wow. you see how, how promos are built, but yeah. And then I, I would watch the promo and get the timing for how much time I had to speak before I didn't want to step on the SOT. You see what I mean?
1: Right. So, right. so
0: that's how I was trained was to read a picture like that. So when I went mm-hmm. into the tonight show, you're ready. I it, yeah. I was ready. And mm-hmm. I did it. To, and the opening was only about 26 seconds. And uh, uh, I said, I, I can do this easy. It's like like reading a promo. So yeah. um so I I said, yeah, I just need to see it once. And they showed it to me. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And they go, beep, beep, beep. It's the tonight Show it's featuring Lena. Tonight, Jay welcomes uh, Jerry Seinfeld, the music of, you know, yeah. okay go and
1: Headline. Oh, uh,
0: so uh <laughs> so I read it and it it all fit in the areas. I didn't even have any sound on tapes to have to dodge around. It was all it was me. easy. And uh, the director uh, said on the headset, she says, can I see you for a second? And I was like, yeah, sure. I said, oh. Do I so are <laughs> in, in yeah. yeah, I walk into the, to get yeah, are in trouble. So I thought, well, there went that job. So I walk in and Liz's eyes are like big as sausage. She goes, you got it on the first take. Yeah, <laughs> and awesome. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, uh, well, that's how we're trained. Mm-hmm. And I know a hundred other voiceover guys that could do that, but I'm not telling you who they are. <laughs>
1: I just, I'm I just, your guy. Right?
0: Exactly, I'm your guy. I just shrugged and said, "Well, sometimes I get lucky, you know." Yeah. She said, "Would you like to come in and do it live every day?" I was like, oh, wow. I thought You'd never ask. So I got Incredible. to be there, you know, with the crew, and then I did a run through at three forty, and then went and gargled yes. <laughs> because it's not live live television, but it's live to tape. And if I made a mistake, right. I'd have to do it again after the show. Yeah, that's
1: over. always nerve wracking.
0: But the audience is hearing it, and you know, the live studio audience is hearing what I'm doing. And then mm-hmm. Jay is basically going on my cue when I say, and now here's Jay Leno. So he came wow. out based on my voice. So uh, I tried to do it 100% accurate every time um, and was fairly lucky in, in being able to do that. So it was, and then I would do the opening for 26 seconds and then I would sit back and watch the show for uh, for an hour in, in case there was any kind of, you know, I waited around. I didn't leave or anything. I waited for uh-huh. the entire crew to be wrapped. Mm Because, you know, in case there was any snafus or anything that needed to be redone, for example, one time in the opening, they said uh, the music of OK Go with Animal the Muppet. (laughs) And being a lifelong Muppet fan, I'm like, that's not going to fly. But hey, whatever they have. So at the beginning, I said, uh, uh, featuring the music of OK Go with Animal the Muppet. And uh, of course, the Muppets, you know, heard that they were in the studio, and they said, "Oh no, it's Animal from the Muppets, not Animal oh. the Muppet." <laughs> and I knew, I knew when I did. I'm like, I'm going to have to redo this. But it wasn't my, it wasn't my screw up. It was a screw up in the script.
1: Oh, so they said, oh, well, like, can, you,
0: "Can you stay after school and uh, you know redo because we got to change copy, change." Oh my god, sure. But that's why I would stay for every show, right? And I would rap when everybody else wrapped, and I would go home when everybody else went home, just to be part of the crew. And, yeah. You know, because some some guys would be like, Well, my part's done. I'm going home.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm like,
0: oh no, I'm staying here and I'm enjoying this experience.
1: Yeah, that's your family. Yeah, it was
0: a wonderful, wonderful experience.
1: Wow. So what time did you guys wrap on that? Because that's all. that's the late show.
0: Well, we, we recorded or did at you, four.
1: Oh, that's right. Cause they used yeah. I remember not. Yeah, they used to record it earlier. Right. Re- well, that's record- good.
0: <laughs> yeah, they uh, recorded at 4 until 5, mm-hmm. and uh, Jay had a rule where everybody had to be out by 5.30 because he wanted everyone home, not working, home with their families.
1: Oh, wow. What a great guy.
0: Any, yep. He didn't want anybody having to stay late. He said, no, we're, we're done at 5.15, uh, 5.30, and I want everybody home with their families. You know, if you mm-hmm. have to work late, you have to, but I'm not making anybody stay late. I want it. We're, oh, done, we're done at 5.30. Did
1: so, he drive his cars, too? He has, like, a Oh, every day, a different car. It was Different great. car. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So he, uh, and, uh, you know, since this is, uh, we're recording this on on Veterans Day, he was very kind. Uh, I become friends with a 102-year-old World War II veteran named Bazooka Joe. And uh, we go to dinner and stuff and hang out. I love hearing his stories. And I found out during a bunch of his stories that uh, he used to restore cars, you know, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s and had won a lot of prizes for his car restoration. So I said, I got a guy you want to meet. So (laughs) I I called uh, Jay's assistant and asked if uh, I could bring bazooka joe over to his garage and uh so jay calls up and he goes hey so uh, when do you want to bring the old fella over huh want <laughs> I bring him over tomorrow? i'm like yeah that'd be cool so yeah. i brought uh, bazooka joe over to jay's garage and uh, jay personally did the tour and that's so uh, cool bazooka joe's bazooka joe's still talking about it, it <laughs> one of the highlights of his 102 years oh and, my god. he's had a lot of highlights so jay's, jay's a really good guy
1: Wow, but it was, awesome. it was it was
0: it was fantastic so we'd wrap it about five o'clock Mm-hmm. And then we do a, a promo uh, where Jay had all the, all the uh, guests lined up and he would say, tonight on the show we welcome, blah, 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 and we hear about, and headlines, don't miss it. And they would play it in the um, the 10 o'clock you know, news strip or the 11 o'clock news thing. And mm-hmm. say, well, mm-hmm. uh, as just before they would sign off from the news to go to Tonight Show, they would say, well, let's see what, uh, what Jay Leno has on the Tonight Show tonight. And they'd play that promo. So we'd always have to cut the promo and then we'd all be. cut cut loose
1: and you'd be done so Um, it was pretty cool cool job yeah so what do you do this is kind of a random question like if you get like you know a cold or sore throat or something (laughs) like what do you because the last couple weeks or like a couple weeks ago you know i was supposed to record one of these and i'm like i can't and the last podcast episode i did i'm like recovering and i hear my voice and i'm like ah you know it's so frustrating but i thought it was kind of getting better so what
0: do you do a a cold is only only part of it i've been a germaphobe since i was a a child too. pretty much I my uh, too. i wouldn't let anybody eat off my plate i wouldn't eat off anybody's plates and my dad used to call it being fussy mm. oh stop being so fussy <laughs> but he didn't there's no word for it. germaphobe yeah. so wh- when i got in a voiceover i realized look if i get a cold when i was working the beetlejuice show at universal studios where i was dressing up as the beetlejuice character i would get sick every three months Mm, why? I would just be getting over bronchitis and I'd mm. get it again because you're shaking hands with all those people oh, from all over see, the
1: world. I, I can't deal with that either. Exactly. I'm kind of the same.
0: Exactly. So I started <laughs> when I went into voiceover, I realized, look, if I get a cold and I have a promo gig for PAX and I, I'm the only voice, I cannot get sick. So I didn't right. get sick, luckily, for three years because I would carry around these moist towelettes and I'd wash my hands mm-hmm. and i do all this stuff. And I took colloidal silver and I was taking all the vitamins and everything. And, um, it just kind of translates through. Of course, something's going to get through eventually and you're going to make a mistake and then you're, you're obviously going to get sick. I only missed one episode of the Jay Leno show, which was before he, they gave him the Tonight Show back mm-hmm. um, and they had to have one guy come in because I just didn't have my voice that day and they, they understood. But <clears throat> yeah, you just going kind to of, kind of soldier through it. But what I have found is that I have, to tr- I have to train myself to use different aspects of my vocal cords that aren't inflamed or aren't uh, oh, really? a problem, and I'll have to change the sound a little bit to accommodate for it. And but the new thing is um, that a lot of people have, and a lot of voiceover actors don't eat any tomatoes. They don't eat any yeah. citrus. They don't. Because inflammation,
1: it's, right? It's, it's
0: acid reflux, and it'll burn the oh. vocal cords. So it, every every voiceover actor I know tilts the head of their bed at about you know ten degrees, fifteen degrees. You know, to like make gravity work for you, because Uh if it's, you know, if you've beaten the whole how to catch a cold scenario, you still have to now beat the, well, I'm getting older and I'm getting acid reflux and the acid while I sleep on a horizontal bed will wash up and burn my vocal cords. And then ah, you have no voice the next day because your vocal cords are inflamed. Uh So like an idiot, I was uh, I I, I love going to Palm Springs. And about a month ago on September, I went to Palm Springs for a couple of days. And I forgot to take my Nexium because I was so happy to be on vacation, mm-hmm. not realizing that I'm traveling and I'm sleeping on a, a horizontal bed that isn't raised. Oh. And I come back on Thursday and my voice is shot. My, my really? upper register. Yeah. I, uh, whoa. And it was like, oh, you know, it was all <laughs> yeah. My, my, my squirrels and my ducks were gone, as we say. <laughs> over. So it was it was very bad. I'm like, whoa, what happened? I, I don't feel bad. Like oh, I've caught anything or anything. And I'm like, yep. I, I uh-huh. laid in a horizontal bed. Uh, and I ate before bed, which I shouldn't have done. And I yeah, forgot my Nexium. Yeah. And I just So it literally, because I went the next week, went right back into three or four sessions a week. So my voice uh-huh. did, never had the ability to uninflame. Because the uh-huh. way to do that is that you've just got to rest it. If, I you're, see. if your vocal cords are inflamed and they're not making the connection to make the proper sound when the two cords come together, because it's inflamed or swollen or whatever, you just have to rest to let it uninflame oh tea and lemon and honey now it's Doesn't just as it. simple it's like yeah. you know if you're working out and you work out too much and your shoulder you pull a sh- muscle in your shoulder or your bicep mm-hmm. you you can't put tea and honey on it and <laughs> it'll just be okay. it's just yeah. your body's way it's just got to relax and it just takes time and it's got to uninflame but guess what you can't use that shoulder or your arm for a while because when you do you're going to re-injure it So every time I was doing a three-hour session with my voice being, you know, about 40% incapacitated, it just re-inflamed. So then Mm -hmm. the next week I had off and I took the whole week. I said, I'm shutting up all week. I'm not doing anything. Well, easier said than done. I go out with friends and we talk and we chat and Mm -hmm. my voice is, you know, actually my voice still isn't 100% back. It's about 98% back. Really. And my, my singing voice is, as you know, when, when we did Living on a Prayer, our short film, yeah. which is up on Wally on the Web dot com, but
1: is it? Oh, yeah. I think i
0: see it. Well, I you know, during uh during the whole uh f- madness that we've just gone through, people yeah. were looking for content. I said, I'm gonna just put it put it up there. It's not really politically Ooh. correct anymore, but hey, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, <right>? and, uh, <laughs> so, you know, because as a as a singer, I would also need to have a pretty good, you know, range
1: yeah.
0: of, of of vocalistics, but some of that Stuff is gone. You can the portion of my vocal cords that I used during normal speaking was fine, but I was going to whoa, whoa you know the the higher mm-hmm. stuff, and that was getting yeah. a little, little scratchy when you're because that section of your vocal cord is is gone. Ah. So it's it's all a weird thing. So it's not only not only a cold, uh, but also uh, it's also you know like I said, uh, acid reflux, and taking care of your what you eat and and all that kind of stuff, and having a spoonful of uh, baking soda with some water before you go to bed and. Having an mm-hmm. apple and having a banana and eating oatmeal or whatever—it's you know. um, all a weird procedure. But I—I I know voiceover people who do not eat three hours, at least three hours before they go to bed. They never okay. eat tomatoes and they never eat all the foods. Oh, that, I love you know, tomatoes.
1: Like, I don't and, know if I can get too. that one up.
0: Well, I think I would think I was Italian in another life because yeah, everything too. I have has has tomatoes. Everything. <laughs> so it's just a matter of but you know one thing I I did learn over the past couple of years is that um, is how just how powerful zinc is in fighting Uh off um, viral pathogens and uh, I knew I you know I used to take when I was you know when I felt myself starting to get sick back in the old days I would take the Zycam you know squirt up your nose yeah and and you'd lose your sense of taste for a while and things just didn't taste right Uh so but Zy and Zycam is, is actually zinc so now we know that if you take um a certain uh, like 1000 2000 milligrams of vitamin c a day 4000 ius of vitamin d3 quercetin uh 50 milligrams of elemental zinc every day uh and you can take also selenium and a few other things you're you're most likely not going to get sick because mm. I've, and i've been studying this religiously for the past 2 years although really? fr- you know doctors and everything they're they're saying this stuff yeah oh that, yeah um, There's a certain certain thing called uh, RNA, uh, yeah, RNA-dependent RNA glimmerase is what they call it. uh, When a viral, as I understand anyway, I'm not a doctor, and I haven't even played one on television. No,
1: Um, never,
0: never. No, Mm. no, nobody, nobody's gonna believe me.
1: (laughs) 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 They're like, get this guy out of here.
0: (laughs) There's just no way. Correct. So, but that's that's the replication system that a virus will use to replicate. But The D3, the zinc, uh, the vitamin C, and the quercetin acting as an ionophore, which is basically the gun to the Mm -hmm. zinc's bullet, uh, delivers it into the cell. That Mm -hmm. will inhibit zinc from, or zinc will inhibit a viral pathogen from replicating. Basically, it'll neuter it. And it'll just basically go away because it can't replicate and take over your body. So that's a very important thing I learned. So now, without fail, every day, 50 milligrams of zinc. Yeah. <laughs> Where's it in? vitamin C, D3, you name it. I'm, I'm on it every day uh, just awesome. to, to make sure that nothing uh, lives in my, and also a neti pot is really good as well. Or a neti bottle. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, which I fantastic. have all that
1: stuff. Yep. Yeah. For sinuses. And no, I think, I think it makes sense. I mean, I'm into all this healthy health stuff too. And,
0: and yeah. it shows if I might say.
1: Does it... <laughs> hey, you know, and water and, you know, the healthy well, lifestyle stuff, you know,
0: I think I told you a long time ago, I was like, do you ever age? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> You're
0: sending in these uh, pictures of you, uh, you know, with your your kids and on vacation, your, your husband and all your family. And I'm like, you look exactly the way you did back in really? 2005 when we did that uh, no. short film.
1: Oh, so my like, gosh.
0: So that's the secret, apparently. So, all right. I've already turned old, so it's too late. I'm no,
1: gonna, uh, uh, you, you also, you look great. I mean, you don't age either. I think you look the same. Some people well, just thank you yeah i don't know maybe it's maybe it's all these vitamins i don't
0: know a few little wrinkles here and there but at least i still got a full head of hair which i'm happy about oh that's good at my age you know there's some gray but uh at my age i'm just happy to have any hair at all so (laughs) uh, (laughs) i know a lot of people my age that do not so yeah (coughs) oh man it's yeah uh so anyway that's that's uh that's the wally health protocol for that i learned a lot and i'm trying to talk my dad into doing because he has um well if you have uh post nasal drip problems if you've mm-hmm. allergies the post nasal yep. drip will will drip down and where where does gravity send the post nasal drip right over your vocal cords uh-huh. so a lot of that stuff you know vocal irritation comes from post nasal drip so yeah in order to mitigate the post nasal drip you have to use the neti bottle i don't I don't even use a neti pot anymore because that was just gravity going mm-hmm. through your nose. I like yeah. that swoosh that swoosh that um like the swish. hardcore um yeah, the uh, the the velocity of the of the wash going into your nostrils. Is oh, like
1: the refreshing. wash, like the thing you squirt, like.
0: <laughs> yes, the squirt bottle. You <laughs>
1: That's use what the- I have. When I, I, mean, I have yes, the continue. <laughs>
0: this yeah, is
1: a funny conversation. I love where you yeah.
0: squeeze the bottle and it goes all the way into the. It's back amazing. Of skull. Yeah,
1: it works. Great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, when <laughs> I had my sinus stuff. surgery a few uh, years ago, because I had a um, uh, tooth that uh, had had fractured a, a, a crown on a on a oh. uh, 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 what do they call it uh, when you have a root canal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the crown, uh, fractured and it was sending abscess directly into the root of my tooth, which was oh sending gosh. it directly into my sinus oh. because my, my tooth had, the root of my tooth had actually penetrated my sinus. They didn't know that until they saw a scan on the MRI. Oh
1: my god! So now
0: once they figured that out, they had to remove the tooth and then I got the sinus surgery and then I had an implant put in. It was a whole huge deal, but boy, it, I, you know, when, when people say it wasn't the dinosaurs that killed the caveman, it was the tooth, uh, you know, infection. Mm. They were really, uh, yeah. it's, you know, if you get a tooth in bed, you're.
1: T- oh yeah, it. yeah, it's not fun.
0: It's not so fun. So it at was. All. So my my ear nose and throat doctor said, yeah, don't you know, get off the netty pot, use the netty mm-hmm. bottle. Get we want uh-huh. we want force. Force. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So it's like it's I tell normal. my dad, he's you know always clearing his throat, clearing his throat. I'm like, Dad, you didn't use your neti pot today. No, well I was going to do it. No, you got to do it every day. It's like brushing your teeth, you know. Yeah. And then he wakes up and he's got you know a cold or a flu. And I said, Dad, you didn't use your neti pot. Well, I was going <laughs> to. No, Dad, it's it's like not brushing your teeth and waking up with your teeth falling out, wondering why you have dental decay. Yeah. You know, you've got to stay on it. You've got so I I equate his nose to like an apartment building that's vacant. You know, you don't want squatters <laughs> in there because once the squatters get in there,
1: then get they start kids
0: and they bring their friends and they bring but, um, their relatives and pretty soon you got you know in your apartment complex you know you've got 25 people there that live in there that shouldn't be there keep yeah. the squatters out throw them out every day <laughs> if there's two squatters make sure they're not there at the end of the day
1: So yeah it's hard it's to get that. them to listen though you know parents in-laws whatever it is You
0: know, boy, boy, are you right? Mm -hmm. We used to—they used to be parenting us when we were kids. Now we're parenting them. (laughs) And my mom is pretty good at it. She does all that stuff and everything. My my dad, I just can't get through to him. And then when he gets sick at the age of eighty-six, I'm like, Dad, you shouldn't. Don't let it get to be pneumonia. And sure enough, he got pneumonia. I'm like, Dad, don't. I'm telling you, don't do that. Don't. So, but you can't, you can't tell him. So hopefully he's out Mm -hmm. a bit of a come to Jesus moment. And he realizes that maybe he does need to take a little better care of his health and take his ink and take his D3 and everything. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's the protocol. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Being healthy is uh, very much a part of this because if you're Mm -hmm. the voice of a network and it's only you or the voice of a show like the tonight show, you cannot get sick. If you do, they have to hire somebody else to, Mm -hmm. to cover for you for a few days. Right. And guess what, when they, they do, might take
1: your job, <laughs> exactly
0: right. They go, Hey, <laughs> yeah. this guy's actually pretty good. Or this girl's pretty good. Yeah. But we Maybe we don't need the other guy. You know, he gave us so a little true. attitude the other day. Maybe we can get rid of him. <laughs> so that I so just true. was never, you know, uh, I was always looking over my shoulder going, I just can't, can't have that.
1: Yeah, so. no, that's true. So what advice would you give to someone that wants to go into voiceover? And I bet you get asked this a lot. You know, people think, oh, I can do this. I can do voices and, you know, I'll just make a tape or make a recording or whatever it is.
0: And it's Uh, not that easy, but it it is not that easy. Uh, You have to, like I said earlier, you have to be a really good actor. And just because nobody's seeing you doesn't mean you're not acting. Um, Mm -hmm. When I'm, for example, uh, when I'm the Riddler for the when I was the Riddler for the Arkham games for for the Batman Arkham games, I was in the studio. I was the Riddler. It's just, there was no camera on me and I didn't look like the Riddler, but I was, I was, there was body movement. There was expression. There was, I have a hand motion that I do when I say, you know, riddle me this Batman, you cowled clod. It is I, the Riddler. You know, there's all that is, if you could see me, you'd see that I'm actually the Riddler. It's just that they need to animate that in, you know, to my, to my voice, but you have to embody that in your sessions. Mm-hmm. You can't stand there with your hands in your pocket and say right. these lines and expect to, it to come out right. You're you're Man. acting. Your stage is that that uh, booth that you are in. So if you have to be a really good actor, um, and then you have if you're a great actor and you have the talent, then you have to get trained for this specific protocol. Uh, the problem now is that so many celebrities are getting into voiceover and mm-hmm. they just aren't trained to do that mm. the people who are responsible for the celebrities and voiceover are the marketing people the producers the directors the writers the voice directors all the people that i know they do not want celebrities in the voiceover industry mm-hmm. because they're not trained for this
1: yeah it's, it's a whole like, different well,
0: world uh, it's, it's it's a completely different mm-hmm. world from on camera to, to voice i've seen it yeah and they they show up and they said okay well yeah we're here till six o'clock and they're like well that's four hours. I've got to be here for four hours. Well, yeah, that's what a voice actor does. Well, I thought I just had to say a few things and,
1: right. wear, my, and you're wear, out. My,
0: wear my pajamas and then I'm out. No, no, no. You got a lot, of, you know, video game, there's a thousand different ways that you can mm-hmm. die. Your character could die, you know? So mm-hmm. it's a, it's very specific. Um, And it's a very specific protocol and training that not a lot of people are trained for, but there's mic technique that these face camera face actors don't Know about mm-hmm. about how to make your voice sound different ways by whether you're close to the mic or working the side of the mic, which will emphasize the the higher mm-hmm. tones of your voice. But mm-hmm. they don't know all that because they're not they're not trained to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, there's um, you know, the terminology that uh, the directors will throw you. The actors just don't face actors just don't know how to do that. So if they go, uh, if the director says, "All right, go back to four twenty six. Give me give me A B C. Relax a little." would be like bub, 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 what? I would.
1: I'd be like, what? It's, it's like what <laughs> are
0: <code. laughs> do we doing? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So basically you're going back to line 426. Yeah. You're doing three takes, which they call an ABC, okay. and they want you to slow down. Ah. And and the mistake that some rookie uh, people make is when they yeah. do the ABC. Oh, I know what an ABC is. Okay, uh, say the line uh, honey, I'm home. Okay, and uh, take 4027, uh, 427A and action. Honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. All the same. Uh, <laughs> well, all the same. They don't want that. No, they want I an hate ABC, that. They want a choice. Yeah. They uh, <laughs> Honey, I'm home. Yeah. Honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. You know. Yeah. They wanted a bunch of different ways. So um, I've seen that
1: often. Oh, i you just know. cringing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. It's they learn they they learn eventually. Yeah. And it's also that you have to learn how to. I always say this that if you. Sure, when you go into voiceover, you have to learn how to talk, but you also have to learn how to listen. Mm -hmm. Only half of it is learning how to talk and use your voice and do different things. But the other half is learning how to listen because you will have to take direction from a director. Right. Who knows the best way for you to do this line. Because uh, especially now when we aren't doing ensemble reads anymore as a cast, um, we are just recording our, our lines separately. And it all has to be pieced together by an engineer to make it sound like we're all in the same room together. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes now that's not the case. So um, I trust the director because the director is the person that has the 5,000 piece jigsaw puzzle on a table Mm -hmm. and has the overview, the the 10,000 foot view of what this puzzle is going to have to be when it's completed. Me, I'm just one piece of that puzzle. From, from my standpoint as an actor that goes in to do a character, I don't know what the other characters have done. I don't know what else is going on in the action. So for me to stand on ceremony and refuse to take a line reading from mm-hmm. a director who has that 10,000-foot view, I don't stand on ceremony at all. If you want to give me a line reading, you're the director. You know how this puzzle needs to look. Tell me how you want me to say it. I'll say it exactly like you want me to say it, and I'll and we'll both be home to pet our dogs and kiss our kids uh, at a a suitable time. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to stand here for two hours on ceremony because I'm an actor and I know how to do it best. (laughs) You you can't, you can't do that.
1: No, it's true. You have to,
0: you have have to to absolutely rely on the director because Mm -hmm. they're the ones with the, the, the big picture view. So, yeah, I always tell them because, you know, it's kind of protocol against protocol to give an actor a line reading. And, you know, if I sense that the director knows how it needs to be, read in order for it to fit with the other lines that they've already recorded Mm -hmm. so it sounds like we're all together and I can sense that they're trying to dance around well uh, can you read it a little more with a little more um hesitancy and I and I would say in certain name of director here uh if if you want me to read a certain way just give me a line reading I don't care I'm Mm -hmm. not one of those guys just how you want it and I'll do it and we'll move on and they go oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) so they tell me yeah. It, but because they know that the actor that has the line right before mine yeah. was just in three days ago and mm, they know yeah. how they did it. And mm-hmm. my response needs to have a certain musicality to make it sound like it's the, within the same conversation. Right. And right. if it, and if I go off on my actory thing and oh, no, I know <laughs> how to do it best, that's not going to sound like, you know. And that's that's the problem, frankly, with a lot of this stuff that I've seen. Okay. Um with uh, a lot of celebrities in it who do voiceover. Yeah. Because celebrities don't have a lot of time to do cast reads. They don't have four hours to sit around with other cast members and, and read a, a, what's called a radio show for an animated show from start to finish. They'll just go in, okay, just tell me what my lines are. You got an hour because I got to be on this set. I got a mm-hmm. flight in here to do this mm-hmm. movie, whatever. So I, I, you got an hour. So... You know they'll they'll do all their lines and then off they go. So they've got to now take those puzzle pieces and, and insert them in with the rest of the stuff. So if you hear a lot of these animated movies and TV shows that use a lot of celebrities who aren't available to mm-hmm. hang out with their other cast members and actually do a cohesive radio play, it really does sound very disjointed.
1: Love it? Like, like yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, tell. and
0: that's some of the reviews I've I've read for some of these celebrity-driven mm. uh, features. You know, animated features where they say it just doesn't sound like anybody was in the same room at the same time. Yeah. yeah. They're, it's so disjointed. And it sounds like this guy recorded on this day and three weeks later, this guy recorded this, and this was recorded two months earlier. And this. They, mm-hmm. they don't sound like they're actually having a conversation with each other. So that's mm-hmm. the, that's another downer aspect of having to deal with celebrities in this stuff is they just don't have the time that voiceover actors, because they don't care. This is not their craft. They want to be on camera. Right.
1: Right, They they do
0: this almost kind of as a lark or as a joke or whatever. And, uh, it's like, well, you know, and then, then the other downside, another downside of using celebrities is, uh, they're not available for the offshoot stuff. Say, say if you hire an A-list celebrity for an animated feature film and the feature film becomes very popular. And then that feature film, you know, spawns a TV series or a toy line or a video game line or whatever. And the celebrity all of a sudden isn't available to do all of the other stuff. Well, who do you get to voice that character now? Since the character's voice has already been established by the celebrity. Well, now you've got to comb the town and find a real voice actor who can sound like that actor doing that voice. And then give them the sound-alike work, you know, voice match,
1: they call it. Yeah,
0: And then you go in and you do this dot, dot, dot character, whatever, from whatever film. And you try and sound as much like the celebrity as possible. So the kids at home, you know, won't detect any difference in the voice. And I'm thinking, folks, if you'd have just hired a real voice actor from, you know, the get go, you wouldn't have to comb the town to look for a sound alike. But they (laughs) got to have those celebrities. They got to have that name on that marquee, which nobody cares about, really, frankly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Um, so where can people find you? I could talk to you all day. I just want to say that because I, it's so interesting, but, um, yeah i do need to catch to this part um where your, do ki-
0: people- your, your kids are probably coming home pretty soon so you have to
1: yeah they are on. they are coming home soon yep. but seriously this is just it's fascinating stuff because this is obviously i did the acting thing but i never did this side you know and it's right. a totally different side so well it's really if
0: i looked like you i wouldn't bother with voiceover either so <laughs>
1: but i like it's fun you know i was i love doing the pickup stuff you know where you had to go and do voiceover because
0: right right, right. To the hair and makeup yeah, but like and- a- yeah, you like know. I said, if I look like you, I'd be on in front of the camera. I wouldn't <laughs> bother with voiceover. I, I have a face made for voiceover. No, and radio is just say, "Yep, uh, face made for radio."
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah. But um, so where can people find you online? Because I know you used to have is it Wally's World, and do you well, still do Wally,
0: that? Wally on the Web Wally on the web.com.
1: Okay.
0: Yes, and uh, my new uh, thing that I have thirteen story series for the holiday season. Uh, because I like monsters and I like Christmas, so I put them together. It's mm-hmm. called Christaween, Christoween, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-W-E-E-N. It's a 13 story series, short story series, Christoween.net. Check it mm-hmm. out. I recorded all these stories as audibles and I just put them up there for free. I hope you enjoy them. I uh, sound designed them with uh, sound effects and everything. And they're fun little stories about this weird little gothic kid who combined Christmas and uh, Halloween for a school project. And he meets all these cool monsters and and they become his friends. That's um so fun. I love it. Oh, thank you. Wow. Also on social media, it's uh, at Wally Wingert and Wally Wingert, I believe, on Instagram. I'm not a so sure about the social media thing. I I, I monitor it. It's all me. It's it's no company or anything. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what my my handle is. Uh, so yeah, I, I respond and answer all the stuff, and and it's fun to hear from people, and especially fun to hear people who are enjoying the Christoween series currently, um, because there are people who from all over the world uh, who enjoy this stuff. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's cool. and it's it's kind of cool, and I'm thinking, well, cool. you know, maybe someday a publisher will come knocking, uh, which would be great, and we can, you know, produce some of his books or an animated, bunch of animated shorts for the holiday season or, or whatever. I'm I'm open to it, and you know, we'll see, because you just have to, you know, th- figure out what the next phase of your life is going to be. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was my 20 years in radio, then 20 years in voiceover. I'm like, okay, what's the next 20 years going to be? Yeah. What's my third? What's my third act?
1: Yeah, bring Living on a Prayer back, right?
0: Yeah, well, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> it's was, the music, uh, right? Right, exactly. Uh, well, we were we were way ahead of our uh, ahead of the curve there. The '80s weren't quite I back know. yet, and now the yeah. '80s are back. But you know, unfortunately, we didn't shoot it high def. Uh, so nobody wants to see a, a, a demo that's not shot in high def, yeah. widescreen, screen. You know, because who knew the technology was going to you know uh, graduate into something that we we didn't know that was. I mean, we had the the content down. We had the, the funny concept. But mm-hmm. we just didn't didn't think about the, the technology. But you know, mm-hmm. it's it just what I'm glad we produced it. I'm very proud of it. It's very funny, and yeah. still there were people who I run into now and said, "Hey, check out this this little film." You know, we, we had Al seeing it and a bunch of other 80s.
1: Really? Did it. he see oh, it?
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it was uh, it was pretty cool. So I you know I send the DVDs out to people from time to time, and now everything's online anyway. So that's why I put it up there. Yeah. And I tweeted out, so a lot of people have actually seen it. But uh, yeah, you just, you just never know what the next phase is. I just need something creatively challenging to take Mm -hmm. me into the next thing. And, and I was, I was thinking, well, what's my next move? Like, you know, we all have to make that analysis in our lives. Like, well, now what, now what do Mm -hmm. we do? We built this sandcastle. Well, now what do we do? Well, maybe I'll build a boat. Well, maybe I'll build a fleet of boats. Well, maybe, you know, it's always, you got to move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a producer and a writer and he's produced the, of the Garfield show. And I said, Mark, I've, I've virtually done everything in voiceover. There's nothing really that I haven't done. I've been robot voices for, for digital assistants. I've been the voice of an airline for American Airlines. Um, when you fly, you hear me telling you to buckle your safety belt. <laughs> I've been animated characters on TV shows and in movies, and I've announced the Tonight Show. Yeah. I was the promo voice for this, I was the narrator on E and all these other specials. And I've lit and I've done session singing for all this. T- I've literally done everything, Is not one thing I haven't done. What, what, what now? And that's the problem when you do conquer, you know, a country right. like that, and you conquer an area. And it's you're like, like now well, what? now what? <clears throat> I can't just go yeah. back and reconquer this country again. I've got to move on to figure out what other country I'm going
1: yeah. to So what are you going to do? What well, are
0: your... I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working on my crystalline thing. That's what I really, love. Oh, the
1: really crystalline, yeah.
0: Yeah. The stories. I'm, I mean, I love writing these. And I've always loved Monsters so... and Christmas when I was a kid. So I just decided to combine it. And I have a, a product line of, of products. And I have, the, the, like I said, these stories. And I narrate them. And like I said, I have all, all the music and, and completely sound design. That's, that's my true love right now. Um, just kind of getting that going. And that's, that's a once a year thing from like October to, you know, it's kind of like the nightmare before Christmas thing, you know, where it's like anytime between Halloween and Christmas, everybody starts digging out that movie, you know? Yeah. So it's that kind of Gothic Christmas thing that I really, truly love. And that's, you know, I'd like to do more writing. I found that uh, writing is really something Mm -hmm. that I really, truly love to do. And I, you know, I love the, how the Grinch stole, you know, Christmas. Oh yeah. And, uh. So I said I'm gonna I'm gonna write these in a in a Suusian rhyme scheme, mm. and uh, I said this is th- and this is uh, a challenge to me. So I'm gonna write these stories and figure out a way to get these stories um, to tell a certain narrative, but I also want to do it in a Suesian rhyme scheme. Um, to make it kind of fun and, and kind of nostalgic it's really uh these are stories written for adult monster kids because oh, okay. they, if they want to share it with their children that's fine,
1: but there's mm-hmm. a lot
0: of little Easter eggs in here that only <laughs> they would understand they would
1: get okay
0: so so when when uh Donny the little kid uh, sees something in the sky, <clears throat> he's, he sees um you know, he sees uh, like a something shoot out from the moon. It's like a UFO, and it says. Uh, but then he spied something that was most unusual—a sight so uncanny he almost blew a fusual. Something skewed out <laughs> from behind the moon's surface and headed right towards Donnie, which made him quite nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that, Doctor Seuss. We make up words, you know, to rhyme with because we. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh what was this projectile coming toward him with velocity? <laughs> a moon rock, a laser, an alien, quite possibly. Oh, it! Oh, could it be so that he'd meet a moon creature? He could help it, instruct it, and be the creature's teacher. Oh, so it's all—it's all, it's all it's that, okay. that kind of stuff, and it's all. But but in order to to carry the narrative, but in a and makes things still rhyme. I found it quite challenging, but yeah. but also quite fun and rewarding. And you know, I make puppets, and I love building. I just yeah. built a cookie monster, but I built an Oscar the Grouch and I built a Robin the Frog and a Rolf the Dog and a, all these different that puppets cool. I used to build puppets when I was a kid. So yeah, it's, it's act three of, of my life. So I'm thinking, well, you know, my kids are grown and things are done. Nice, so what's, what's next, what to, to, uh, to conquer what, uh, what's maybe, next. So
1: maybe a children's book. Have you ever thought about doing that?
0: Nah, to the, well, no, I know,
1: I know enough, enough, about, enough.
0: I know enough publishers, and I know enough uh, about the children's book uh, because these sometimes are mistaken because of the way they're they're written. They're written. But you yeah. know, Pee wee Herman was mistaken for a kids show right mm. off the oh, bat too, funny. but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was a kids show for adults. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which was which was brilliant because yeah, I love certain that show. certain humor things that adults would get and kids would be like right over their heads <laughs> right over their head. there there are so many restrictions in children's literature that you have to yeah. have a certain thing and 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 when they you know cuz the subject came up with the Chris Ween stories well if these are kids stories they can't be in rhyme because kids rhyming books never sell
1: oh, oh really tell oh, that no, to Dr like Seuss Yeah, I don't like the rules that they
0: love to. I I don't either. And there's too many rules. And it's like, oh, well, you're dealing with Christmas and Halloween. Well, it won't sell in the South because they're very religious down there. I'm like, but this is not a kid. This is not a kid's book. (laughs) It's not (laughs) for adult monster kids. A lot of these people that I meet at Monster Palooza, and, you know, season screamings and all these conventions that I go to, Midsummer Scream. You know, these are the monster. The adult monster kids are the ones that these are for. If they want to share it with their kids, fine. But these are not kids books. Yeah. Because there's, you know, I have references in there to Planet of the Apes and Dr. Fives and Dark Shadows and all these different shows that we know and grew up on that kids today would never understand. Yeah,
1: they're like, what is this? So there's all these
0: Easter eggs <laughs> that they would never get. So, yeah, kids books, that's a tough, that's a tough way to go. Yeah. And, you know, quite frankly, the um, the reason I lost interest in on-camera acting when I first moved out here was the lack of imagination, the lack Mm -hmm. of creativity Mm -hmm. they want you to come into an audition looking exactly the way they want to see you and if you don't look like their perceived thing they Mm -hmm. don't even care if you're a good actor the minute you Mm -hmm. walk through the door they've already made the judgment yes or no so i was finding that very frustrating but in voiceover they don't see you it's Mm -hmm. all about the voice and you can do 13 14 different you can be 13 14 different characters per day In voiceover, you're not just locked into one character. So I said, yeah, Yeah. the on-camera thing really isn't for me. So I quickly Mm -hmm. lost interest in that. But um, yeah, I I just find, uh, you know, that... Kids' books are kind of limited in their scope of creativity, and a lot of the people who publish the kids' books, they're only looking for the next unicorn project or mm-hmm. the next teddy bear project or the next cat project. <laughs> they're not looking for, like, monsters at Christmas. You know, fun.
1: they fun. That's too bad. That. My kids would like it. My kids would be <clears the> into <throat> that.
0: Well, tell them to go on to Christaween.net yeah. and uh, pour themselves a, h- a cup of hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, chocolate. <laughs> you know, like for <laughs> time. And, uh, yeah. you know, listen to the stories and sit by the fireplace and turn it up loud. And they're all sound design. They have sound effects and everything in them. It's like, yeah. it's like an auto audio book, but it's, it's really for the people that I see at these monster conventions who don't have, they celebrate Christmas in their own specific way. And I said, well, there's a niche that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it because I'm a monster kid too. And I love Christmas, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, it was really kind of, you know, written for them, but the publishers who publish kids books or, or books in general. They don't go to these conventions. They Mm -hmm. don't see that there is a line of people outside the Pasadena (laughs) Convention Center, all wearing monster costumes and T-shirts and Mm. and black clothes on a hot summer day, you know, wrapped around the block, just waiting to get into this convention. They Mm -hmm. don't even have a ticket yet. They're just waiting to get in. Uh They may get in by three o'clock in the afternoon, but they were there at six in the morning. So and all of these people have pockets full of money that they're willing to spend on Monster stuff and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, well, that's an issue that really needs to be filled. But yeah, if any smart. publisher is really going to grasp this, they're going to have to do their research, to do the diligence, and realize that there really is a, a market for this. So that's. Mm-hmm. But 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 again, it goes back. What I'm doing goes back to my voiceover training because I said, well, I know a narrator who could narrate these and make them audiobooks, and he works yeah. for cheap. Maybe I'll ask him <laughs> to do it, which is me. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> uh, I agreed. I cut a deal, and, and we did it. But, but again, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's connected to kind of animation, cartoons, voiceover. So you you build on what you've accomplished in the past and take that kind of to the, to the next level. And that's what I see in this. So I hope your kids like the stories. ChrisDween.net. A yeah. new one drops every Saturday at 1.13 p.m. We start at October 2nd and go all the way through Christmas Day. So we're up to, I guess, story six right now.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, since I have so many aspiring voice actors following me, I started releasing portions of the story for them to read. Well, how would you read this? I want to hear, you know, let's hear your stuff. See if you got the chops. So it's kind of fun to get these oh, people's nice. submissions in and so it's pretty I cool.
1: love that. It's my favorite time of year too. You know,
0: it, like it is. I just Halloween to you, well,
1: Christmas? Like, come on.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you're you're lucky too in Florida. The weather's really, really nice. Now Halloween yeah. to Christmas in South Dakota on the and other not hand. Not so fun. Not so <laughs> fun. Nah, nah not, <laughs> not so fun it out. Because yeah. they're already talking snow next week in South Dakota, my oh, guess. So not here. Wow. It's about ninety degrees today. Well, it it is. I'm looking at my computer now. 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Are you serious? I'm going out for lunch. I'm going to go out for a walk. I'm going to have a beautiful day. Yeah. Well,
1: have a good day. I'm so glad we got to do this. This was awesome. I learned a lot. Let's do this again. There's a
0: lot of stuff we didn't get to cover. I know. We
1: should. We should do it again. We should talk about
0: you a little more next time. (laughs)
1: About me? I don't know what we talk about, but...
0: Well, you've had an interesting life. You vibe your, your Instagram feed. You go all over the place yeah. and do all kinds of crazy I stuff. I do. Though. Ren um, fairs and all kinds of
1: stuff. Oh, my gosh. That was so fun. I haven't been in like, God, years, probably like 20, 30 years. My mom used to take us. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Because I'm the same as you. I love to dress up and, you know, yep. just have fun and just go. And it was my kids, one of them was like, what, it, what is this? <laughs> like uh-huh. <why? laughs> like they then, didn't get it. And then by the end, they kind of like loosened up and they liked it. And you know, it was cool and it was something different to do, you know, we're by Disney. So
0: it's like and that mode of dress suits you for some reason uh, in the Ren Faire, uh, <laughs> Oh, I love outfits. it. It's uh, That really any, seems to suit your look. Yeah.
1: Any excuse to get in a flower crown, I will do it. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Well, I'm
0: se- me too, but don't tell anybody and only on Saturdays. So, uh, just, <laughs>
1: <laughs> stuff. all right well this was cool and yeah we should do it again we'll do one of so these you can... know
0: anytime call me there's a lot of other stuff we didn't cover so like all i right. said normally when i do these interviews they normally go up to two, two or three hours and i uh, can have to break why. them up into different things so
1: yeah all right cool all right well enjoy your weekend I guess great chat you too thanks karina all right take care take care bye hey this is karina thanks so much for listening If you like what you hear, check out some of our other episodes and give us a rating. And you can also see the written article on authoritymagazine.com. In the meantime, stay safe and we hope to see you back here soon.